From Greenville, South Carolina, we present... Let the Bible Speak. Let the Bible Speak is the radio ministry of the Free Presbyterian Church of North America, preaching Christ in all His fullness. that you have joined us for another broadcast of Let the Bible Speak. Today we continue a series of studies on the doctrine of the Holy Spirit. Messages preached by Dr. Alan Cairns, founder of Let the Bible Speak Radio Ministries. We'll hear from Dr. Cairns shortly. First of all, we invite you to enjoy this devotional thought from the pen of C.H. Spurgeon, found in his collection called Morning and Evening. This morning's text is found in Job chapter 8, verse 11. Can the rush grow up without mire? The rush is spongy and hollow, and even so is a hypocrite. There is no substance or stability in him. It is shaken to and fro in every wind, just as formalists yield to every influence. For this reason the rush is not broken by the tempest, neither are hypocrites troubled with persecution. I would not willingly be a deceiver or be deceived. Perhaps the text for this day may help me try myself whether I be a hypocrite or no. The rush by nature lives in water and owes its very existence to the mire and moisture wherein it has taken root. Let the mire become dry, and the rush withers very quickly. Its greenness is absolutely dependent upon circumstances. A present abundance of water makes it flourish, and a drought destroys it at once. Is this my case? Do I only serve God when I am in good company, or when religion is profitable and respectable? Do I love the Lord only when temporal comforts are received from His hands? If so, I am a base hypocrite, and like the withering rush, I shall perish when death deprives me of outward joys." But can I honestly assert that when bodily comforts have been few, and my surroundings have been rather adverse to grace than at all helpful to it, I have still held fast my integrity? Then have I hope that there is genuine, vital godliness in me. The rush cannot grow without mire, but the plants of the Lord's right-hand planting can and do flourish even in the year of drought. A godly man often grows best when his worldly circumstances decay. He who follows Christ for his bag is a Judas. They who follow for loaves and fishes are children of the devil. But they who attend him out of love to himself are his own beloved ones. Lord, let me find my life in thee, and not in the mire of this world's favor or gain.
As we contemplate the beginning of a new year, believers in Jesus Christ look forward to going on with God in their Christian lives. An indispensable part of that is the regular study of the Bible. The psalmist said, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet, and a light unto my path. The first psalm reminds us that the blessed man's delight is in the law of the Lord, and in that law he meditates day and night. In order to help believers maintain a consistent and organized way of reading the Bible, Let the Bible Speak offers an excellent plan of reading that will allow God's people to read through the entire Scriptures once in two years, as well as the Psalms and the New Testament twice. Included with this reading plan is a list of some of the words found in the authorized version that may be unfamiliar to modern readers. To obtain your copy of a Bible word list and daily reading plan free of charge, simply email info at faithfpc.org. That's info at faithfpc.org. If you wish, you may call us at 864-244-2408. That's 864-244-2408. If you prefer regular mail, simply write, Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Hayward Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. That's Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. Just ask for your copy of A Bible Word List, and we'll be happy to provide it. Today on Let the Bible Speak, Dr. Cairns continues this series of studies in the doctrine of the Holy Spirit as he brings the next portion of a message entitled, Sealed with the Spirit. The text is found in Ephesians chapter 1, the latter part of verse 13, In whom, after that ye believed, ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. In verse 3 of this chapter, Paul states that God has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Part of those blessings involves this sealing by the Spirit. In the first place, we'll see that this seal places the Spirit's distinctive mark on all believers in Christ. Although that mark may be more obvious in some Christians than in others, it must be there to some extent, or else the person is not saved. Now Dr. Cairns continues this message, Sealed with the Spirit. 
You know, when you believe the Bible, you believe Ephesians chapter 1. And what a thrill it is. What a joy to the believer when the devil would seek to have him tossed about. When the devil would seek to have him blown in every direction. What a, a joy it is to know that our anchor is not in any mere whim of man. Our anchor is in the sovereign, immutable will and purpose of our God. Chosen in Christ, predestinated, verse 5 of chapter 1, the adoption of children, adopted, we were looking at the spirit of adoption uh, some time ago, adopted right into the family of God, verse 6, one of the deepest and greatest statements in all the canon of Scripture accepted in the beloved, accepted in God's beloved Son, accepted in Christ with all the love that God has for Jesus Christ. And then verse 7 redeemed. Redeemed, how I love to proclaim it. Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. That's a theme that should never be far from the mind of a Christian. Redeemed. Verse 7 again, forgiven. Forgiven all your sins. Every bit of the guilt and the stain of sin washed away forever. For thank God the old gospel hymn is true. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of Christ. Forgiven. And then verse 8 and verse 9. Blessed with the gifts of wisdom and prudence and the knowledge of the will of God. Now, I'll probably have to deal with that in another connection uh, as we go on in the subject of the Holy Spirit and His work. But uh, this is what is given to every Christian. Now, you look at some of us, and we're not particularly brilliant. But I want to tell you, my friend, I'd rather have the wisdom of an illiterate saint Enough wisdom to flee from wrath to come and to embrace Jesus Christ than be an Einstein and go to hell. That's real wisdom. That's real prudence. And as God by His saving grace gives a man that wisdom and prudence, He reveals to him the mystery of God's will. What a blessing that is. In verse 11, we have an inheritance. We have obtained an inheritance. There is a sense, of course, in which the inheritance is future, but never lose sight of the fact that we have obtained it. It is ours. We have already received an inheritance in Jesus Christ. It has begun, and its full fruition will be enjoyed throughout all Eternity. Now that's a great list of blessings. And then he says, in the words of our text, sealed. You're sealed. 
with or by that Holy Spirit of promise. Now clearly, this is a very important and glorious blessing indeed. Today what I want to do is to use this simple picture which Paul is drawing in using the word sealed, and I want to use it in a very straightforward and uncomplicated way. Now let me say it's easy for me to say that. Uh, I thought I understood what the Bible was talking about when it said about the sealing of the Spirit. Then I started to read. It's always a dangerous thing. I started to read. And I read Puritans, and I read modern writers, and I read commentators, and theologians, and what not. And uh, I found out that what I thought was fairly straightforward and simple actually was one of the deepest, darkest, most controverted points uh, in the whole subject of the person and work of the Holy Spirit. I'm not going to list all the discrepancies in the views of men. I want us to stay on the simplest possible level and try to get a blessing out of this sealing of the Spirit. Now, the use of the seal goes way, way back into ancient times. You'll find it referred to, indeed, by implication as far back as Genesis chapter 38. But uh, it's a very ancient practice. Oftentimes, a signet. This is where we get our signet ring. A signet would be used, or sometimes a cylinder would be used. And uh, it was made to bear either the name or the mark of uh, an important person. And uh, that signet or cylinder would be stamped or rolled, as the case may be, upon wax or upon a, a special clay. And... Uh, it would be placed upon such things as letters, legal documents, or deeds of property. The seal would be placed upon it, and when the seal was placed upon it, the transaction was legal, attested, and complete. We still, of course, have this today. Many legal documents you'll get. The seal still imprinted. And uh, this is where it comes from. Now, this is the practice to which Paul is referring when he says you are sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. I want us quickly and simply to look at that word picture and remark five simple things. First of all, the seal of the Holy Spirit places his distinctive mark on all believers. When a seal was used, it made an impression. That's what it was for. It was to make an impression. Now, I'll talk about the meaning of that a little more fully in a moment or two. But I want us just to start at the simplest and most basic possible level. When God the Holy Spirit seals a believer, he makes an impression upon that man. He leaves the stamp of an image upon that man. Now what is the stamp that the Holy Ghost leaves upon a believer? What is the image that he stamps upon the believer? 
Surely it is the stamp of holiness, and it is the image of Jesus Christ. Now it has been well said that when a seal is applied, it may make a very deep and very, very visible and clear-cut impression. There are other cases where the impression is not quite so clear, and the lines are not quite so deep and so well cut, but nonetheless the impression is there all the same. And it is true that while all believers are not equally sanctified as far as personal living and experience goes, yet nonetheless every believer is a new creature in Jesus Christ. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. If any man is a believer, then that man will have the image of Christ stamped upon him. The reason for this is given in 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 18. We all with open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, are being changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. When the Holy Spirit seals a believer, He puts a mark upon that believer. What is it that publicly marks a man as a Christian. Let's look at this carefully. When the world looks at a Christian, how does it know he is a Christian? The world cannot see the reality of faith within your heart. The world cannot see the inward grace of the Holy Ghost inclining your affections. But what the world can see, even though it may contradict it and blaspheme it and try to explain it away, what it can see is a mark of life that is altogether alien to this world, altogether different from the mark of the world. The world looks at a man that's saved. We look at people who are saved, and we can see that there's a stamp upon that man. That man's different. Is the stamp of God, the Holy Ghost, upon him. This is what publicly marks him as a Christian. There's an interesting verse over in the book of uh, Solomon's Song, chapter 4, verse 12. A garden enclosed is my sister, my spouse. A spring shut up, a fountain sealed. In ancient times, and especially in a place like the Middle East, where water is such a very precious commodity, and good, clean, clear, sweet spring water is not something uh, to be despised. In ancient times, a monarch or a very important person, finding such a spring or such a fountain on his property, would enclose it, would cover it over with a great stone, 
He would come and have the stone rolled away. He would use it for his own uses and then he would cover it again and it would be sealed that no other could come to use it. Now, this is used spiritually in Song of Solomon as a picture of the Church of Christ, the Bride of Christ. And as a bride is to be chased and is sealed off from every other but her own bridegroom, so the church is to be chased, a chaste virgin unto Christ, and she is sealed to the outside world. But what seals her is this mark of God. God places a mark upon a believer, which in effect says, this person is in the world, but separated off from the world. This person is in the world, but is not to commit sin, or what James calls spiritual adultery with the world. This person in the world is yet marked as the, the very bride of Christ, the very child of God, and is marked with purity and with holiness. That is the mark of the sealing Spirit of God. And I tell you, my friend, that while the degrees of sanctification are obviously different in all believers, the man or the woman who has never borne anything of the mark of Christ in this life needs to be saved. You will not bear that mark of which John spoke in the book of the Revelation, his name upon your forehead, if you don't in this life have the mark of the Holy Spirit of God that marks you as a Christian. First thing the seal does is make a stamp, a mark, an impression. You've been listening to Let the Bible Speak the radio ministry of the Free Presbyterian Church of North America. We hope you've enjoyed and benefited from today's program. We're here as your servants for Christ's sake. If we can be of any further help to you in the things of the Lord, we invite you to contact us. Our mailing address is Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. That's Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. If you wish, you may call us at 1-864-244-2408. That's 1-864-244-2408. Our email address is info at faithfpc.org. That's info at faithfpc.org. If you would like to learn more about the Free Presbyterian Church of North America, we invite you to visit our website, www.fpcna.org. That's www.fpcna.org. This is Charles Kelsch saying thank you for listening and inviting you to join us again as we Let the Bible Speak. (music) 